0: Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. Paul Tizard here, and I'm welcoming back uh, for a second time, Joe Simo. Welcome back, Joe.
1: Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me back.
0: No, it was nice to hear from you. Literally, within a couple of days, you just said, oh, I've got some updates. When can we talk? And here we are. We're talking. So you came on the podcast. When did you do it? You reckon it was about a year ago?
1: Yeah, nearly. I think it might have been sort of early March or something, around Feb, March time last year.
0: Wow. Uh, So just give us a sort of, in case someone comes in, this is the first time they've experienced the Joe Simo experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, What... Just give us in a nutshell, in a nutshell, what was going on for you a year ago, and then we can talk about where you are now.
1: Yeah, so probably, yeah, I think now would be a good time to sort of re- like reflect because it was this time last year, I basically decided to sort of book myself a trip to go and see my family who live in a lot of them live in Barcelona, so and I'm based in London, so yeah, I mean without stating the obvious flying is the most easy and quickest way of getting there and yeah I'd I'd probably I think it was between six and seven years basically I was kind of incapacitated to, to fly like I just yeah it was just you know really crippling fear that I had but you know previously previous to that I'd spent you know 25 years a very comfortable flyer so I'd sort of gone through a bit of um yeah, I'd sort of gone gone through a bit of a crisis in my life, and you know, mm. uh, it's it's not it's not uncommon either to say so. Yeah, I think it's um, it was a nice yeah. It sort of landed on a time where I was like, oh yeah, I just remember that was kind of I'd chosen to like this time last year. I'd sort of decided that this was when I was going to kind of really attempt to conquer it for for you know once and for all. So yeah, yes. a, a year a year down the line, it's um.
0: So, so before we jump a year ahead, I mean, you've just time-traveled there. So yeah. a year ago, when we were talking, remind me, were you just about to fly or had you... I can't remember now because it was... No, I
1: just, I just got back from the trip. That's that right, I, right, I yeah.
0: So you just got back from the trip and you were talking about how that had been and you'd surprised yourself. And I think, if I remember correctly, you'd been to see a hypnotherapist.
1: Yeah, I'd been to see a wonderful guy. He... I forget his surname but well I'll I'll pick it up later at some point and if there's people that may may find him very useful so it'd be nice to kind of mm. share his details to, to to the listeners if if you know I know like we said there's there's so many different ways that people can you know help help their fear or help whatever it is their aspect of flying that you know they struggle with I think mm. you know there's, there's so many different possibilities for people to kind of get over that so but yeah so I,
0: I, I, so how have you been since then so you, you did your flight you, you yeah had, you, you did some other stuff as well i know you had but so maybe just yeah just i'll oh, shut up you just talk us through sure your, it's your <laughs> podcast
1: you, no no <laughs> well no it's uh it's very much your platform so i am um, I'm, I'm here just to kind of honor honor you guys doing a great job really and helping to kind of spread the good the good uh the good news that you know there's there's uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel so yeah kind of to give you a an overview of a year now down the line I've probably been on I think I've been on maybe I don't even know how many flights maybe like 10 10 flights something like that. yeah I've been to you know a few different countries mm. now it's like it's flying is becoming an increasingly like just kind of every everyday aspect yeah it's not it's sort of stopped becoming that really sort of terrifying crippling anxiety aspect of my life so it's kind of really it's just totally open a new a new like a new door to my life really that I almost had to sort of had to kind of get over the fact that maybe it was something I was never going to experience again or something that I would sort of you know try and avoid so Yeah, it's been it's been very nice because it kind of feels like, you know, a huge relief has kind of disappeared now. So, Mm. yeah, like looking forward to this year, like I've already booked. I've got I've got two trips to America that I'm going on.
0: Yeah.
1: Got a trip to France going to where else we're going to. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably go back to Spain again as well. See my family. I just got back from a trip a few weeks ago at the end of Christmas so it's just kind of, it's just like an everyday thing for me now. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. That's just amazing. Because you were, I remember now when you, we talked last time that you were kind of a bit incredulous what had happened mm. and and now you've cemented it. So tell us about some of the trips you've done, like duration and were there day flights, night flights, that sort of stuff, and whether anything is bothering you now at all. That's about think, eight questions
1: now. Yeah, Yeah. To, to answer kind of like the more, like more sort of obvious like is there still you know anything that like I might struggle with and I'd I'd be lying if I said there wasn't things because I think ultimately like flying like the actual aspect of flying had become so like I don't know just become such a kind of like painful thing that like once I'd almost kind of done that aspect of it I'd almost kind of forgotten all the other painful things around flying which is actually for a lot of people probably more stressful than actually flying if that makes mm. sense so you know i i probably still find maybe the build-up and airports more like yeah. more something that i find probably you know likely to trigger anxiety than actually being on a flight itself i think everything around it is probably way more stressful way more annoying way more mm. frustrating and <laughs> And sometimes actually like, because there's obviously so much of it, so much of the experience is, you know, out of your hands for good reasons. Like, I think it's just kind of trying to normalize, normalize a lot of those like fears that would otherwise kind of, you know, stop you from being able to enjoy the experience. So yeah. 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 In actual fact, probably I find more of the bit like, particularly on the day I probably like feel feel anxious but not you know uh not to the point where I wouldn't go do you know what I mean it's like a little bit kind of like yeah I don't know I think somehow I've managed to sort of because i would conquered so much of that real like big overwhelming fear of the actual flying itself that everything else was kind of you know pushed to the pushed to the side a little bit so yeah in in a, in a weird sort of way I was sort of talking about it with my girlfriend this morning and she was like it's funny because like you're on the flying now it's like it's not really anything for you but actually like I find that you're kind of probably more nervous just being in an airport than, than you are generally right. you know I mean? like so right.
0: yeah but what's that about then
1: I think it's more I think I think probably a lot of it stems from like I think now traveling because everything become I mean you know like airports of recent since especially post-covid have become quite stressful places because of like Mm. like staffing and strikes a lot of other things that have become kind of very very out of like yeah i mean it's all stuff that you know yeah you you don't have any control over so i think actually just it's more kind of i kind of i'd categorize that as more like everyday anxiety as opposed to like flying anxiety that makes sense
0: yeah yeah and it sounds like sorry joe so it sounds like the sort of stuff that probably would trigger anybody the yeah, absolutely. Of fear. So you know, that's so it's yeah, so it sounds like normal. You call it everyday anxiety, so
1: yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a flight. You know, I, I'd almost completely. You know, I've it's like I, it's like my brain's compartmentalized it in a different category altogether. It doesn't. I don't think it even falls mm-hmm. under the flying. It's like it's just a bit. You know, I think it's all the things of just making sure. Like I think in your head because you're always kind of making sure you don't want you don't want to lose something or you don't want to miss something or you know you worry something will go wrong on the way or you know it's like silly things that I think you know you can allow to sort of build up and become a little bit you know overbearing for you but really it's something the more I, the, I've i certainly found it like anything I think the more you do something the, the less it becomes that problem that you the build up in your head you know so you know funnily enough now it's um yeah fly, flying for me feels like yeah it doesn't even feel like yeah it, it kind of it was like it was never a thing do you know what I mean it was like I was never frightened of it so it's yeah. kind of um, well I've got
0: evidence you were so if, that, if you yeah,
1: want yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, I can sure I could dig that up in no time but <laughs> it, yeah it's kind of it's so yeah it's been sort it's so, so like a nice it's sort of I don't even like reflect on it now it's kind of like my life is very much like in the in the future rather than the past and i think Mm. a big part of people's like struggle often comes from like being constantly trapped in the kind of in the past of things especially because that's kind of a lot of how fear works really because it's it's always trying to kind of grasp onto it it's got a very good way it's sort of got a very good way of grabbing hold of things that you know you can like visualise very, very kind of...
0: Well, I think to add to that, I think you're absolutely right. So it, there's, I think the one thing it's not, you're not in the present. So for example, you know, if, when you've got fear, you're either thinking of something that's happened before and then re catastrophizing yourself or you yeah. re-traumatising if you keep re- replaying it, or you're imagining something bad that's going to happen
1: yeah.
0: that isn't actually happening, but you're yeah. never in the actual moment. You're never present. And it sounds like you are now, when you fly, you're just like annoyed like the rest of us are. Oh, bloody queues and kids. Kicking and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like normal. You're just a normal annoyed person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. An extra annoyed.
1: Yeah, I think that's it, actually. Like, funnily enough, now it's like, it's more, I'd rather be frustrated than frightened. And I'd say I'm more frustrated now than 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 frightened. So it's kind yeah, of. I can't like, help you with that. No, exactly. I, I
0: suffer from that
1: yeah i think i think that's it isn't it it's like impatient
0: wow. traveler syndrome especially if you start traveling more and more and then you see people who've 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 um who don't travel very often it can no. be really frustrating because they, they're kind of looking at the belts and going what do i do and then you've got the security getting really frustrated having to direct them everywhere and you're like enough already in the queue <laughs> no exactly like, what a nice problem to have
1: yeah it's been it's a straight yeah it's, it, it, it does feel um it does feel odd i mean don't get me wrong like I think there's yeah I think personally now I'm kind of just working on like the frustration side of things and perhaps like you know that the, the, there may be occasions where it's like oh like a bad a bad thought pops into my head but because I've kind of you because I utilize the tools in order to kind of quash it very quickly and, and not mm-hmm. in a way I think what's really important is that like in I think even with like everyday problems or things that you find stressful it's like the worst thing you can do is sort of like force force it away from you as opposed to actually just kind of allowing it to sort of either pass or maybe just kind of like using like maybe using tools that you find helpful to to sort of deal with it in a healthy way so yeah, there's nothing worse than just like if you're sat on a plane thinking, oh, I'm not scared of flying. I'm not scared of like it's like, you know, don't I think the more you give the problem, your energy, the more it will sort of feed on it. So like I I kind of I think I found a way of sort of processing just the experience as being totally every day, not like it's something bigger than, you know, than it needs to be. It's just very like, no, I'm just you know, this is the way I have to go if I want to get to America without spending two weeks on a boat. If I, you know, that was the. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, look, look, look at the look, mm. look at the way of thinking. Well, you know, I wouldn't be able to do these things or have those experiences, and mm. yeah. So what do you?
0: So you you said something that you did, and I thought I was curious because there might be a little nugget in there for people. As you said, you do get the odd negative thought pop up now and then. Mm. But I was a bit unclear what you actual what you actually do with it, or if anything.
1: So, like, I think, I think the the so the biggest thing I found like really useful is you have to allow your brain to sort of process a thought. I think the like a like I mentioned earlier, the the more the more you say, you know, if you say I'm not if if you get that kind of frightened feeling or you know a scenario pops into your head and you allow your brain to start playing that film or whatever it is you your brain does to kind of visualize that problem then you're kind of allowing that information to really sort of override the kind of logic the logic in the sort of logistical way of your brain you know dealing with a problem Do you see what yeah. i mean so yeah. like it's like have you ever <laughs> i get it all the time you know when you I, I don't know if any i'm sure it happens to other people but you ever find yourself walking downstairs and then start thinking about how to walk downstairs. You suddenly forget entirely how you get down. No, no, you don't. get do <laughs> Well, I, I, for some reason, it seems to be a weird, like, it's a weird, like thing I have sometimes, like it might happen maybe once a week where I'm just running down the stairs and I'm like, Oh no, I've forgotten how to walk. Downstairs. <laughs> um, I, I have to say, joke. I'm not no steps.
0: judgment. That's never happened to me.
1: No, no. Well, I'm, there must be somebody else in the world that that happens to, but no, no silly. Man. So it's just you. Yeah. I think it's that. So, like, <laughs> in a way of sort of like trying to, but like, my point is, is that like if you start to overthink something, it completely mm. takes control of your of your logic because you know it's like if we started to, you know how like everyone drives and they don't think about how they're driving. That's just a muscle memory, or mm. you know, your brain is just completely. it's dangerous because i think a lot of people operate vehicles in a very you know like off on on a a very off mode but
0: definitely
1: for that for that reason it becomes second nature and it's that thing of like i think what i found really like useful is you have to allow the thought to come in but as opposed to kind of giving it like this attempt this kind of really negative attention actually allowing it to kind of come in and I did this kind of visualization technique, which was kind of, I think we might've spoken about it in the past, but mm. visualizing something and putting a, like sort of put, putting like a picture frame around it was a really good way of like, almost like putting a border around something. So it's mm-hmm. like, your brain is like, oh, okay, cool. I've seen the problem. This is what it looks like. And then I have this kind of, it was a, it was this technique that Simon taught me. And it was like, imagine the problem, can frame it and then turn it upside down and imagine yourself pushing it away from you so what Mm. happens your brain really struggles to kind of identify what it's like what it's sort of you know when you brought that thought in when you've when you've then kind of found a way of putting this frame around the minute you start pushing it away from you or you're imagining it the problem is is like if you you, your brain doesn't have a way of seeing the problem it doesn't really know how to deal with it so it kind of it almost forces it out of your brain, but not in a negative way. I think the worst thing you can do, like I said earlier, is like something comes into your brain. You're like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Like that's like, well, no, Mm.
0: that's
1: not really dealing with the problem there. You're kind of just, you're just repeating words to sort of make yourself feel better, but actually you're not really dealing with the problem in a, in a healthy way. So
0: I love that. Let me, so let me just sort of reference that then. So if anybody's listening to that and thinking, what the hell was that? So Joe just described there, a thinking technique, which has come from neuro linguistic programming, NLP, as they often abbreviate it. And the reason why that technique works is because you're doing some active thought management. Yeah. And so, thoughts, if they're given extra power, they can then become overwhelming. So, you're doing a couple of things, actually. You're doing an acceptance thing. So, you're not trying to block it or fight it, you're just letting it come in. But then you're doing some thought management, you're putting a frame around it turn it upside down and what that does is rob the thought of its power because you know we all know that thoughts are not facts but you're actively doing something i mean i guess unless you're getting like one every three seconds that's probably quite a manageable strategy isn't it by the sound of it
1: yeah i i think especially that's a
0: good share that's a good one
1: (laughs) yeah no uh, and i think to be honest it's the most effective thing for me personally um like i said there's probably you know there's there's endless ways of there's endless ways of sort of dealing with everyone's like everyone's very individual in the way that they process thoughts and stuff but particularly I think that's been yeah there's kind of a lot of people that find that really useful Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of like I'm not sure if I'm sure there's listeners that probably you know meditate whether they do it you know in a small burst or they do it you know daily or they do it once a week or however like that there's a lot of like meditation practices particularly that mm. always shun the idea of like trying to push a problem away in your head like it's the worst thing that you can do is actually allowing and you know I've found uh you know and it's something I always I, I want to improve a lot more and I kind of do it through I sort of do a lot of like meditative practice through like regular like regular yoga that's kind of my that's a yes. lot of the way yeah. to do with it Particularly because I'm quite active, so it really it's kind of like killing a few birds with one stone. Actually, because it's you know it's the exercise, but it's also the mental thing. And I'm not suggesting everyone hits the yoga mat straight away, but like in a, in a way that's like if you find yourself regularly practicing something that allows you to. It doesn't, and it's not about controlling your thoughts because you're like you're we're not wired that way in in the way that. I think would i mean it, it's all it's all very active and positive and it's something that just requires practice but and i think a lot of people think it's something that you know it's like revising for an exam or whatever like the worst thing you can do is try and cram everything in the night before actually the best thing you'll you know the thing you could do is chip away at something slowly and gradually over time with you know just small pockets of time daily or you know every other day or whatever so i totally I've,
0: agree totally agree yeah
1: and I, I I found a kind of a big a big thing with that is like like we spoke about with the thoughts. It's like imagining your thoughts is like this kind of stream, and and rather than kind of trying to like jump in the stream and grab hold of everything, like and and actually realizing that all of this will pass. It's not something that like you have to kind of you know be present and kind of like look at trying to fix. I think the problem is as well like as human beings we try and fix problems all the time it's something that we think that we think like well no no one has ever fixed a problem by thinking about the problem just what I mean it's like you you have to act on the problem if if that's the case so actually allowing especially you know and, and I think trying to sort of trying to sort of speak about it in a way that's like logical really mm. the worst thing you can do is just tr- try and fix problems in your brain all the time because it's not like it's it's never gonna it doesn't work it doesn't <laughs> do you know what I mean if you like you know you can't worry away a, like a problem it doesn't you know mm. it doesn't feel helpful for you so yeah like I said about doing kind of meditative practice like meditative practices and like doing the kind of compartmentalization of, of problems and and practicing those sort of techniques is like a really really useful way of of being able to kind of proactively deal with a problem as opposed to just letting it like completely cripple Mm. you so
0: Mm, i love that so i want to pick up on something you said earlier which i just thought was interesting and might be quite helpful for people because you said something well so aside from the fact that recommended yoga which i think is brilliant there's quite a few yogis in the (laughs) facebook group for example Yeah, sure. you said you're quite an active person and i thought and i was thinking then you know you've done quite a lot of flights you're doing some longer ones what what are your what's your strategy or tips for for dealing with that i
1: think well, it will be interesting to be honest because i haven't I've, i haven't done a long-haul flight in since 2016 i don't think it was the last one and i i went to thailand so and i've got two long-haul flights this year i'm going to nashville and i'm going to las vegas so yeah it'll be i think it's kind of uh, i'm anticipating to kind of really do what i've been doing normally now because I think I found a real stuff or like a really good stumbling block for me was like, if I could process just kind of being on a flight in a very normal way, as opposed to kind of just sitting and just like waiting for the flight to be over, it's like, you have to kind of choose to just like use the time that you have as something that's like, all right, well, I've got some, I've got a couple of hours to kill here. Like I'm going to have to, you know, enjoy catching up on some films or, yeah. you know, maybe do maybe do some work or whatever it might be so like i think for me a big a big process is like i do i try and be as like interactive as possible i think i've found it's like so like when i was on a flight recently with you my, don't mean
0: you're not one of those people that talks to the other passengers are you oh.
1: no no uh, i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not tom Sit
0: next to me i'm miserable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I i don't mind, like, I don't mind a bit of, you know, chit chat with the, with like the odd stranger, but like, particularly if I travel with friends or family, it would be a thing of like, oh, well, you know, we've got some time to kill. We'll go and, you know, stand up for a bit. Like what's, there's always a, there's always a queue for a toilet. So it might be a case of just being like, you know, making small talk and having conversation and just being very kind of, mm. just being like really like, I think just allowing your brain to just be to just be pat, like almost sort of passive in this whole experience. It's like you're not really, you know, it's not a life. I mean, it, you know, it will be for people who are kind of overcoming fear. Obviously, it's life changing, but you know, for for a large majority of people, it's just a it's just a mode of transport, and it's mm. like and just treating it that way. I think what happens is you give you give so much of your energy to this idea that it's like. You know, don't get me wrong. Like the process of flying is incredible for obvious reasons. You know, like it used to take people months to go. Across, like you know, if you wanted to go to Australia a hundred years ago, it would take you three months. Mm. You know, we moan about it taking twenty four hours, which is crazy when yes. you think about it. Yeah, that, yeah. Right. So I think it's just kind of, yeah, we 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 you know we do live in an incredibly modern age, and that's why not just enjoy that 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 I think it's just enjoying that really it's like well rather than kind of giving like I said giving so much negative attention to something it's just like it's never going to fix that problem so for me it's like well yeah for the long haul stuff I think it's just like cool well I can be prepared in the fact that like I'm I'm somebody who's incredibly visual in the way that I think I kind of Overcome maybe mm. problems or or especially for learning, and I think you've got to choose this. Especially with like overcoming something, it's like it's a learning process. So yeah, for me, it's like well, what, how do I? I think it might be a very good way. I think it's a very good process for people to maybe perhaps like think about the way that they interact and learn the best. So like if people are particularly visual, then like myself then it's like okay cool I need something that's interactive and I need something that's quite good at like distracting my brain whereas some people might be very kind of a lot more logical and it's like okay cool well there's you know there's that there's there's absolutely no one route to fixing this problem so that being said obviously for me it's like I've found really useful doing like you know using apps on my phone for stuff so like particularly like problem solving acts like a really really useful because it's like you're using so much of your brain power to fix something you're seeing in front of you that it's like everything else around you becomes very like unimportant because you know your brain's too using too much of its energy to do something else so that's become like a really like really useful term for like a tool for me when I'm perhaps like if I get like a bit of an intrusive thought and I'm just like, okay, cool well i'll jump on jump on this game and I'll just like spend five minutes on it, and it's like mm. well, it's passed really quickly because actually and like saying, try not to sort of push problems away or ignore them, but actually almost like not giving giving the thought any any kind yeah. of energy whatsoever, in fact it all it very quickly passes, so yeah, sometimes I think you know mm. it's important to have more than like one like one tool in your, in your yeah. kit. Really, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't, something might something might not work for mm. one, it might work for the other. So yeah, I found both the sort of distraction but also visualisation thing quite important as well. So, um,
0: Yeah, you're doing a mixture of things actually I quite like, so you're, there's some gold there, Joe. Uh, so you're, you know, like distracting yourself because some people find it very hard to distract themselves. But what yeah. why I think about it is that the intrusive thought can come from somewhere in your brain. It's not from a rational part of your brain. It's from some sort of old part of your brain, which is just scares, scared of everything, which is why yeah, it's yeah. kept us alive. So when it comes in, is then what do you do with that? You know, So you've got, you can accept it, let it float over you, or what some people do is actively do what you're doing with the problem solving, because that brings in the rational part of your brain. And it reminds me of the Michael Common interview where he said that when someone's getting really anxious about something, he gets them to do the 13 times table it really like does your head in. you're like oh what well, you can do the yeah. first one <laughs> and then after that it's like wow i can't think of yeah. this and it just completely t- absorbs the brain and it sounds like you're doing something similar to that
1: yeah no i i'll i'll put some, i'll send you over a few of the i haven't got them to my to hand but i'll send you over some some of the apps that i use
0: that'll be useful because i can put that in the um
1: yeah well yeah it'd be good i i can you know there's there's some stuff in there that i you know uh I would definitely recommend and yeah like you know it's been I think it's also kind of allowing yourself to like it's okay to like make that you know you're not like it, it won't always go like exactly how you want things to go mm. and I think that's just like I think there's acceptance of the fact that you you don't have to love flying to to to, to do it do you know what I mean so I
0: think I do, by the way, but I, do, I don't. I like. I don't like all the crap. Although I do treat the airport like part of the holiday, so yeah. I get there stupidly early. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. One, I'm one of those annoying people. Just like to hang out in the airport, but I know it's not the same for some people. You're I
1: like Weatherspoons. Is that what? I, I
0: like? I like get. I like smashing through. I'm. I'm not ashamed to go to Weatherspoons, Joe Simo. That's and for nice. those in the US, Weatherspoons <laughs> is like a chain. I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Uh, i can't That's, think of
1: the u.s i'm sure they have something yeah they probably i mean it's just an airport chain well not an airport chain it's a pub chain in the uk but no I, I think i think yeah it's like i've sort of found a middle ground of being especially because i think fit like people who do like struggle with flying like the worst thing you can do is sort of rush yourself into into mm. an airport and do all that kind of stuff so like I think it's it's okay to have your quirks and you know we've all got those sort of things about us that like you know m- may make up like a bit of a strange routine for for getting over a fear of some kind but yeah. that's like that's you know that's your that's entirely up to you how you deal with that do you know what I mean so mm. but there's definitely things I found to be sort of very yeah I think the I, I think the large thing for me has been not distractions to the point where it's like dangerous in the fact that if I was left with no tools whatsoever to you like utilize in that situation that I'd find myself stranded but actually kind of just being like it's always like we said earlier with like it's just it's all about the practice you know like Mm. it's it's like you've got to treat it like you know stuff especially with the brain it's like it's you know it's like learning a sport it's like you some people pick it up really easy, and other people have to work really, really hard for it. So, I sort of, yeah, I think, like, I'll give you an example. We up this. I think it was the second flight I took. We went to, I think it was it was a nice short flight. It was like Gatwick to Bordeaux, which is probably no more than an hour and forty-five minutes or something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's about as without maybe going to Gatwick to Amsterdam. It's probably one of the shortest flights you can do in Europe. So. I've found now I'll get back to the story itself, but actually like booking you're like
0: Billy Connolly, you go start one place and you go off somewhere else and we come no. back eventually. Oh,
1: that's my brain really. <laughs> you're making a
0: note. Are you? Come back. Yeah, to yeah, a
1: no, actually uh, it was just, yeah, it's a good side note. Cause actually what I found is like, like I, I think it's so useful because obviously it's all about repetition in order to kind of like really mm. like break down the sort of fear side of things. But, you know, just, like just booking booking small trips frequently is like has been real sort of game changer to that now and actually I've become so excited to want to get out and like travel and and go and see new places and realizing that you you can and there's no I don't maybe maybe apart from a few very sparsely populated parts of the world that you can't like maybe do that but like there's you know in most continents you can fly to a destination within an hour an hour and a half maybe two hours at a push and it's like i think yeah give yourself a reason i think give yourself space to succeed and the more you do smaller kind of repetitive things it's like you kind of allow yourself to build up so that's yeah, been- i
0: agree it's like yeah you're trying because some for some people say oh I fl- no matter how many times i fly it doesn't get any better and my little cheesy response to that is the fact that, well, if you're not doing anything different, you're practising how to feel crap. So yeah, you have exactly. to do something different to practise feeling like that. Otherwise, you're just going to get more of the same. So you're talking about, like, the muscle memory type thing there. So I love that.
1: Yeah. I think it's like – it's. I think, the and I, you know, we've probably mentioned it before, but the more this becomes a boring way of moving from A to B, then the more your brain treats it that way, mm. I think, you know, you you make this, and I and I understand, like, you know, it flying is a privilege. Like, it's not. I understand it's not. You know, it's uh, it's not. I know it's cheaper than it has, it's ever been, but you know, it's also like it's not. It's not the cheap. It's not the cheapest thing you could do either. So, but that being said, I think like the more like yeah, like I said, the the, the repetition side of things has been like a real sort of key. Key thing to me because, like, yeah, the more I become just frustrated and like bored, it's like my brain's almost forgotten about the flying side of Mm. things. Yeah, I I
0: think this. I love that tip because, like, for example, this week I went to Leeds and it cost me a hundred and so from Leeds, from where I live near Gatwick. Yeah, it's not that far. It was one hundred and sixty pounds return. That was a cheap one, right? And next week I'm going to Glasgow from Gatwick. Return for 55 quid yeah i mean it doesn't make sense to me and
1: uh can't even get a train to manchester from london for that price no
0: i know it's crazy isn't it so so actually there is it is a a good safe way to get some practice in if you want to i think you know to build up that memory like you said so tell us about flight number two before you go off yeah
1: without (laughs) yeah without being distracted (laughs) too much but yeah so we went to bordeaux and it was really like it was quite odd because it was the hottest, I think it was that day where it was the hottest day of the year or something. It was like 38 degrees in the UK.
0: Mm, I've like, heard of, you know. That, that was
1: carnage in itself. That's uh, it. so, <laughs> and at, and when we landed in Bordeaux, it was like 45 degrees or something. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty crazy, but I'm not sure what Fahrenheit that is for the Americans. I don't
0: know. It's, it's about double, it's isn't it? It's very hot. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's about double that in Fahrenheit. But um, So anyway... We so we took off and everything was normal, you know, and I'm I'm i here. I'm still funny enough, I'm still here to tell the story. So, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But yeah, the uh we took off and then everything was as normal. And then the we didn't really get any we didn't get any kind of update from the pilot, but it felt like we basically hadn't got to like cruising altitude. It, we still felt very low. We were going over, we were going over the english channel and we probably were only uh, i couldn't like we probably not even half half the sort of regular height of like a cruising altitude you know mm. you can very clearly see the ground like yeah so you're probably only maybe 10 15 thousand feet in the air or something mm. and we probably uh, and we flew over france it was amazing because i mean you could see france for like you could literally see the whole the whole country it was incredible nice. there wasn't a cloud in the sky but we were very, very low, and then probably maybe an hour into the flight, I was still thinking, I was like, "This is see, this seems very odd." And then all of a sudden, the landing gear just came down. So this big thud, and you know, everyone kind of looked around like, "Shit, what's going on?" Like this seems very odd. Like the pilots haven't said anything, and then about maybe two or three minutes after that, he comes on, he comes on the on the tannoy, and he says like, "Oh, sorry for the, you know." interruption guys i know it's a bit uncomfortable because obviously flying at that height with landing mm. it down it's very noisy and incredibly mm. bumpy just because obviously you're picking up so much not turbulence but you're creating a lot of drag with with yeah. the wheels down
0: absolutely yeah
1: and you know we weren't going fast it, it was take it was it felt very slow and then he was just like oh i basically what i've been informed is that we're over we're overweight on fuel and he was basically having, he was. Bit, he said, I've never had this in my 30 years of flying or however long he was. But basically, this plane was scheduled to fly to Greece. So they had five and a half hours worth of fuel on the plane for a, an hour and a half flight. But I, I don't know what it is to do with, because I we looked it up and I was like, this seems very strange. We looked it up after the flight, but there's something to do with regulations about how much you're allowed to land with fuel wise. I don't know what, I, I don't know what that's, you know, what that's related to or why you can't do it but basically we were burning he was deliberately burning fuel circling bordeaux so we would like we were going through this kind of it was just a really it was an it was the oddest experience but like i felt like if of all the kind of things if like if i could kind of deal with it and obviously we had the information from him and it was like Mm. it'd feel a little bit like well, this is very abnormal and it was it wasn't a particularly comfortable flight for obvious reasons but like you know nothing bad obviously you know nothing obviously bad happened but like i felt like i was really like quite tested because it was just like not normal nothing excellent happened. so and you know i got off the flight and you know i got immediately sunburned and i was happy because i was away on holiday so it was <laughs> <like> a...
0: <laughs> yeah so you were flying in so you know flying lower you got the sort of the thicker air Get more yeah. resistance. It's more noisy, it much can, more turbulent. Use yeah. a lot more fuel, you know, and that's yeah. that was a deliberate. That's the why, reason why you get up into the thinner air up at thirty thousand feet because it's more fuel efficient. But I mean, the other thing is that I think I heard one of the pilots talk about this the other day when I was interviewing that you know you've got to be able to land with fuel
1: yeah.
0: full fuel in case you need to, but yeah. you don't need to. Then you yeah. need to get rid of it. So there's obviously some sort of. I mean, that's a nice problem to have, isn't it? There's too much fuel.
1: Yeah, yeah it felt a bit wasteful but yeah but it is wasteful it's incredibly wasteful and I think it's probably Gre-
0: Greta wouldn't be happy thank no. god she wasn't on the flight
1: <laughs> no exactly I think she would have demanded they land immediately but yeah it did yeah I mean it just felt a bit like
0: that was a yeah, good test but, though wasn't it yeah it
1: was it was odd it just felt more like it was kind of it felt like more like one of those like flying experience days almost because it was mm. like Sort of, you know, you were just circling around, and just like, it's like they were, you know, it was like they were doing things to sort of test people's anxiety, almost, you know, because <laughs> you know when 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 they drop landing gear at ten thousand feet, and you have no idea why, you think your your brain goes to like, this is bad. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. like, why are they doing that? Yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, even even like the people around us were all a bit like, what what's going on? This seems very mm. odd. So. Uh, and actually like you know he was sort of yeah he sort of explained it and sort of apologized about it but he was like yeah he was like in in my entire flying career I've never had to do this like this is a very odd experience but we're not allowed to land with a certain amount of you know fuel we have on board because it was for a different flight or whatever so I was just like yeah fine so I guess
0: that's what so just to sort of pause there so in that moment you had a choice so you had the information and you could have decided, well, sod this. You know, this is the sort of thing that happened. You know, yeah. then I'm not not risking that again. Or you've you've just normalised it and thought, well, in thirty years he hasn't had to deal with that, and it's still safe. Yeah. It was just a bit weird, but we were yeah. all right.
1: No, and to be honest, I you know I just got I got I just had a lot of really nice pictures on my phone because it was like the views were so like <laughs> it was so amazing. What a was,
0: fantastic way to look at it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, because, you know, the thing is, like, when you get up into, you know, the 30-odd thousand feet atmosphere, like, there's not really... There is a view, but it's just the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not
0: it's not a great photo, really, is it? I'm no, sorry. it there's makes for a nice
1: blue sky. Another but, one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we could see, I, I, you know, I can remember seeing, like, we were coming into Bordeaux, which is probably easily, like, maybe 200 kilometres from the Spanish border... But like you could see the entire Pyrenees, like from oh, from wow. one side of France to the other, like it was just like that incredible. Because you're you're up, you're up high enough, but not too high enough, so you could still sort of see the landscape and see everything. But yeah, it was just um, yeah. I just remember being like really cool, and I just got really some really nice photos out of it. And yeah, it was a, a nice holiday, really. So
0: and you yeah. passed the test, Joe. You know, so. yeah, exactly.
1: Passed the test, and then yeah, I went back to. So we did last year Went, you know, I went to Spain three times and then, yeah, I did France as well. And then, yeah, now I just sort of like before I I, before I couldn't even sort of bring myself to book flights. Now I'm just like I'm on EasyJet looking for deals, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, it's like it's sort of nice to kind of feel that. And, you know, I don't I don't I don't want to have to sound like a, you know, that kind of bragging moment because i know there's people really struggling still with that thing but i think i i almost want to say it out of mm. out of the fact that like i want people to 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 know that there's like there is that possibility for them you know it doesn't i i genuinely thought like when i when i read some of these people's posts who are just like i couldn't even get on the flight or i i ruined i had to ruin my own holiday and not yeah. not do something or whatever and it's just like i i i sympathize with them wholeheartedly because that's that was my experience before. Mm. So, yeah, I think so much of what I've taken away from this is really become a part of like, and you know what, like there's, there's, there are, like we've said, there's, there's so many options. There's the hypnotherapy side of things. There's people who deal better with kind of wanting to know everything about everything. And that's, that's okay. So like, I think, yeah, more, more sort of learn about yourself as opposed to like the flying problem. And actually you probably, you probably find a lot more information that, that would be more helpful to you because mm. you have access to knowing how to deal with problems. And that, that can kind of run into any aspect of life, I think, rather than just the flying yeah. side of things. You know, there's, yeah. Because actually, like, all anxieties are the same. It's just that, like, some people are super frightened of pigeons and other people are really frightened. You know, like, it's crazy, like, how we can kind of all, i I felt, like, I feel now probably less comfortable on trains than I do on planes, just because they're... What's, they're what's that about, then? They're just... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're just not very nice, are they, trains? They're always... I don't know what they're like. I mean, in Europe, they're great, but in the yeah. UK... No, but I think more so just for, like...
0: Apologies to anybody who works for a train company, <laughs> but Joe's not impressed, right? So sort it out.
1: <laughs> no, no. But more so, like, like you said, for, like, travelling to, like, you know, if you're going to go cross-country, then... I would fly because it's uh, it's comfortable. Mm. It doesn't, you know.
0: I so I, I like the train, you see. I I do great what you mean. Like sometimes you get on. So I've been on trains quite a lot the last few weeks because uh, you won't get me in an aircraft for love and money, no chance. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things I've noticed about the trains is I actually feel quite giddy on them, even yeah. though I know I'm on rails. And sometimes yeah. when I'm walking down to the, the, the canteen, but, you know, the buffet thing, I nearly fall over several times. Yeah, and yeah. I think, crikey, oh, this, I've never had this on an aircraft. Yeah. and also what's the other thing is that when i'm on these trains i do feel a little bit sort of like oh it just goes yeah. on forever and cuz i think of how much it's cost me and it's yeah. and it's not always a great experience but not because yeah. the the tech's not there and everything it, you know they're fine but i just there was actually a, a real central point that i started this ramble with and it's just gone <laughs> it's gone out of my head i've got i've been c mode
1: oh mate i'm oh, so sorry <laughs>
0: I see I'll come back. When we when we finish recording, I'll go, ah, that's what I was going to say. A,
1: yeah, I'll see a balloon or a butterfly and I'm distracted. So, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> no,
0: I was trying to think what it was. I was trying to think what it... So what were you saying before about this? You're going on the trains, you don't like them, but...
1: It's the, I think it's actually just the more, like, comfortable aspect of travel. I think, like, trains... Like like you said, how many times have you gone... You know, like, let's say you're on a high-speed train uh, in the UK and you want to go down to, like, the... Like the sort of food, food cart or wherever they, you know, wherever they have their sort of like bar and canteen sort of area, like you have to hold on to the side of the train mm. as you travel. Like you, otherwise, like you said, like you'll fall over. And I, I, think I, I can't remember when it was I was going, but like I was trying to do some work on the train and I felt really sick from the motion sickness, like going side to side. And it's like my biggest, and I, I probably said it last time, like my biggest thing is get a drink and put it on a table on a plane because even when you're going through turbulence that thing will never fall over mm. you know what i mean like on a plane like i wouldn't dare get a hot drink because <laughs> <laughs> i'd probably end up spilling it on myself you know so yeah. i think it's um yeah, yeah Gillian
0: harvey bush was the first one to sort of point out so she was one of the therapists someone i've known for a long long time and she said that only on the train no, sorry. Only on the plane you get a hot drink without a lid. Whereas on the train, a bus, yeah, a car, so you have to have a lid, and you yeah. wouldn't risk it without a lid. But on a yeah, on, a, you on a flight, unless you're going with EasyJet and you get one of those cheap little coffees that you get, well, <laughs> fish. I don't think I would drink. They, they put they, <laughs> they put lids. Yeah, they put lids on those. But I think that's just about more. Of it's disposable. Yeah. But yeah. You know, like in the olden days when you've got you know like china things or proper cups. Yeah. Exactly. You know, no lid.
1: Well, it's the same way, and like they don't, you know, hot hot food isn't served with, you know, a cover on it. It's not like there's nothing, there's nothing planes have to do in order to safeguard themselves from things spilling because, like, the a, if they're really, you know, if they are likely to sort of hit turbulence, they know about it, and b, it's kind of, you know, it's like it's because it's so safe, it's just like. Mm.
0: And we don't we don't hit turbulence, Joe. Do we? We encounter yeah. turbulence. We
1: don't hit it. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. In <laughs> the same right. way, you don't hit a pothole and a cut on your car. Like it's the you know it's the. But no, I mean, I think that that's the problem with not not the problem now, but like I say a word like turbulence and it doesn't you know put it doesn't you know put me it doesn't put mm. the fear of life into me anymore. It's mm. like well, yeah, like that's like expecting to drive on a road and not ever encounter some sort of bump like bumps or you know like slight holes or whatever but yeah I think for me it's like I almost I think for a lot of people listening to this they will probably hate me for saying it but like I'm I'm kind of like let's have it a little bit because uh, you know it 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 feels like I built I built it up to something that was so Mm. you know completely just outrageous in my head that like whenever we have had you know a bit of like bumps here and there i'm like what was i doing like what was it my brain was saying to me yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was well, it's easy
0: to understand isn't it because if you if you fundamentally believe that you're in peril then it yeah. all makes perfect sense doesn't it but i, I do i feel that i don't like turbulence that much i find it annoying because i find it's yeah. just but i do have a sort of a strategy which i yeah. say to people is that i always say either bring it on yeah because I, you know, I know the aircraft I'm strapped in so I'm not worried or yeah. I think or sometimes I think I wonder I wonder how bad it could be before I'd be bothered so some you know yeah, so yeah. I, I quite I quite like that little sort of mental game to thinking well, like, I wonder what it would need to be for me to even think anything of this you know
1: yeah and I, I I know there was like you you so often get news articles and things that really kind of cause like a lot of people concern because yeah. that I did see, we you know there was that big thing about that Hawaiian Airlines that there was like a lot of people got injured on a flight mm. primarily because they weren't they didn't have seatbelts on but yeah
0: and that can happen you know that can be like yeah and that's quite often it's the crew because the crew can can stay up when the passengers have to be sat down because yeah. you get you get used to it but yeah, sometimes cool. you just get an unexpected batch yeah. of turbulence and whoever's walk, walking around is could get hurt you know because you don't have to you don't have to fall you know you personally or one two yeah. foot wouldn't you and that'd be enough to injure you i think
1: that's the problem i think a lot of people saw it as this thing like people were being flung around the plane and that wasn't that just wasn't reality what happened is like and in the same way if you tr- imagine tripping on a plane just off, you know off your own accord you would hurt yourself because you, mm. there's just no room to fall and not no. hit something no, so that's true. In in any you'd, aspect,
0: have to, you'd have to fall strategically.
1: Or fall dead straight in front of you. And, have, and this the, is the sort
0: of thing you need to practice, Joe, isn't it? So, like, yeah. next time you do a flight, <laughs> I'm going to practice <laughs> my right. falling. You could do your down dog because you're into your yoga. You do that exactly, the yeah. the hour, and then you could do practice some falling.
1: Yeah. No, that's, These are just what,
0: ideas. Don't rule them out.
1: No, exactly. But, like, yeah, again, seeing that, I think... There's also like understanding that so, so much of what you read is like not necessarily misinformation, but like there's things always done deliberately by the media to ensure that you are reading that. You know, there's like mm. there is something there done fundamentally to, to ensure that you are taking that information and you're seeing images. And although the, at the end of the day, you've got to realize that everybody got off that flight. Yeah. You know?
0: No and, one. And, and, you know, the thing about the media is something I realised years ago, and I've said, and this might make me an ignoramus, but I stopped watching the news years ago, probably oh, 15 yeah. years ago, because it's just yeah. because it, I just noticed that my mood would be really low. I'd yeah. be, and it kept me in a sort of a, a a slightly anxious state worrying about things kicking off all over the world, stuff that yeah. I can do nothing about.
1: Absolutely. Like no, no I, I yeah, I mean I'm not here to boycott the news. Do you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> got, I've got better things to worry about, but like it's like anything, you've got to remember, like, they're never you know, they're never they're never sharing good news to people, you know. Mm. So like I think you have to sort of look at it in that way. And the and the problem is is like anything around aviation will always be bad because it sells. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. sell doesn't apart from that that really nice article about that that air host um was it? I can't remember. Was it a, a,
0: Del- think, the Delta guy?
1: Yeah, like who just like sat, he just sat and looked after this woman the whole flight, and like you think how even just on the grand scale like scale of things, how little attention that that got in comparison to let's say you know if they wanted to you know make a tragedy out of something that like you know yeah,
0: you know. But, yeah but what you didn't see, Joe, is all these colleagues in the galley slagging him off, going come on mate <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get the meal service
1: out yeah mate. we've got duty free to sell mate but that like, of the, the aisle yeah I mean and it and it
0: was just nice That's a joke, by the oh, way you know
1: yeah okay yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was just so nice to see something so like, endearing and like actually positive yeah. about yeah um, you know, the fact that you know there's there's good people working in the industry and there's yeah and people really life. care
0: I was talking to somebody this week actually about who's on the one of the 30-day premium programs and she was saying that one of the things she's taken away from interacting with aviation people is how much what a fab industry it is of how much people yeah. want to care, how much people care, how they want to help. Yep. And uh, it's just quite blown her away, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more to be honest. Like, and the problem is, yeah. Like we said about the kind of news saying bad things about people and, people do have bad days in every industry you know like my dad's my you know my dad's a surgeon and they 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 talk about how you know those those got so many people in that industry do have horrible days and and it's like it's realizing that no other industry bar you know probably aviation has done so much to safeguard itself around human error that like i think people people actually just forget they think pilot has a bad day and it's game over and it's like well (laughs) I I hate to break it to you but I don't most pilots don't actually do any flying for about 98 percent of the flight so like you you know it's not it's not to say that you know people have you know are not going through you know pilots are human beings at the end of the day do you know what I mean like I'm sure I'm sure they like they have good and bad days like all of us and it's like it's understanding that again a, a large a large proportion of what they've done is 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 so much so that it doesn't it it can allow for things to go wrong because yeah. because so much is actually being controlled that you know that literally can't can't go wrong you know it's sort of it's stopping that from happening so
0: Yes, yeah, the there's no single point of failure in commercial aviation. Every, exactly. I think everything's it's, got a backup, and then it's got a backup to the backup. You know, yeah, so I don't know
1: how many backups there are. You know, if you if you got into your car, realizing you are the only thing stopping it from you and and basically being you know a serious car crash.
0: Thanks. You probably, yeah, it's lovely, Joe. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but I think that I think it's that thing. I think I think some people need to like. I think it's hard for people to realize that because they want to put so much of their energy into like catastrophizing yes. flying and it's like well you're better off you're better off just flying everywhere and not ever getting in a car because your, your mm-hmm. chances of living a lot longer are, are you know exponentially higher so you know
0: congratulations joe you've just introduced the uh, fear of driving course yeah I we're see. taking bookings <laughs>
1: but you know for that for that reason how many people you know how many people unfortunately lose their life you know in in a car as opposed to flying it's just that's it, it proves to you the reality of it do you know what i mean and yeah I so, it, we, so it's hard to up. get your
0: head around it it's really hard to sort of compare like for like and people because you feel that like there's an illusion of control when you're driving your car yeah uh, but yeah i mean i spent i've spoken about this many times but I, i'm aware yeah. also the fact that we've been going just about an hour now which is fantastic yeah, yeah. it's very easy to talk to you yeah. but i wonder if i could sort of my way of
1: oh i've got i do have one really
0: oh yeah yeah i was going to ask for some got... tips or yeah no
1: no uh, it's i think it was more just because of like it actually like it it sort of really like took a point of interest in me but like i've i've asked for flying lessons for my birthday this year so <laughs> i was just like if i feel like it would be like the absolute icing on the cake that that's was... just
0: like drop the mic moment isn't it let's be honest yeah. that's brilliant
1: yeah yeah i was like yeah my mum my mum and, and dad were who like, are you <laughs> What are we but I was like, well, I was like, I wouldn't mind flying lessons actually. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, why not? Like, <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know, if there's anything to kind of like absolutely cement my yeah. sort of moving on, I thought. And you know, there's there, there has been instances of people getting over flying from doing a fl- like from like going on a like on a flying course or going on like a mm. learning how to fly or le- like understanding, you know everything around it and actually for me it's not it's not to quash any sort of fear for me more so it's like actually I just thought it'd be like what a yeah, like yeah. amazing experience cool. that would be
0: how cool is that I mean also we've got a few now in the group so you could, we could have our own little um <laughs> display team you yeah. and you and Geeta in your little Cessnas flying around <laughs>
1: mm. yeah I mean I you know I, I, I lived I live so close to like uh, such a historic airport which is big and hill. So, yeah, I thought, why not? Because they do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, like I was, I've always been obsessed with like when I was younger, I was obsessed with like Spitfire planes because they were just so cool, you know. Mm. Like, and yeah, I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun just to kind of do an experience day? So yeah, it's sort so of. There like, might
0: be a Joe Simo, Part Three podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it live from a from a cockpit somewhere.
0: Oh. You're overpromising now That'd oh, be amazing. I don't know if you get
1: signal there in a plane like that. I don't know if you can do it. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, I'd
0: rather you concentrate on flying, to be honest, than talking <laughs> to me on Zoom. You know?
1: No, no. I'll be leaving that to the professional. Thank you. <laughs> but no, yeah, I just thought it'd be, you know, why not? That's really cool. Yeah, yeah
0: that's definitely. I think for some people, it really helps to understand that how it all works, the physics. Because so the physics are the same. Oh. It's just the movement feels more with a smaller aircraft. But for others it's a step too far because they feel a bit closed in and vulnerable.
1: Yeah, sure. But so it's,
0: it's doing it at the right time, and it sounds like it's the right time for you.
1: I think the thing is as well, like, it, you know, there there is there is so much of this of being like, why not just double down? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's... I think sometimes you can kind of surprise yourself where you might just be like, I just think, you know, effort. why not? Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah I think what's the worst like the worst case scenario in your heads is not reality so mm. take it take it as 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 that because we can all we can all make up the best and worst things in our head and and actually just kind of be be more present and and then like and actually try and enjoy more of the moment thing I think it's kind of I think what I have to, a big part of taken away from the experience is actually just being a lot more present, but also looking forward positively and and wanting to kind of, re- like, realise that I've got so much of the world that I haven't seen. You know, I think you realise how small a world you live in when you don't have that, when you don't give yourself that opportunity. Mm. But I understand it's, it's a long journey for, for, for people, and it was for myself, and I know I've seen people on your podcast that have had, you know, decades without flying. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's thankfully we, we're in an age we're in a day and age we we, we you know we live we live well into our eighties and nineties now. So like, you know, there's it doesn't feel like there's ever a time where it's too late because you can make that you can make that change almost instantly or it might take a few months or it might take a few years, but it will it will ultimately happen. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just a kind of giving yourself that space to realise that you know there's that there is there is that option for you. So
0: yeah, I, I I think I should stop there because that's just gold, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope so. I just you know I, I just want people to be able to enjoy life. You know, like there's 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 a lot to see. So yeah, why why stop yourself? I think it's my it's my uh it's my my nugget of the day.
0: <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant, mate. Thank you.
1: No, it's a pleasure as always. Thank you
0: very much. Go, Simo, you've been amazing as always. It's uh, time has literally flown by, excuse the pun. You've been really good. <laughs> Let us know when you get to do your flights. If you get a chance to sort of post in the Facebook group of stuff, we'd like to see. It'd be great yeah, to no, sort of follow a bit of that.
1: Yeah, I'll be posting that. I'm going to Germany and going to Munich in March. So I'll have some nice pictures of the uh, going to the, well, heading to Austria for some skiing, which would be fun. And then, yeah, I'll hopefully grab these flying, flying lessons in March as well, which is my birthday. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to post a lot of a lot of. Yeah,
0: podcasts. we look forward to that. Want we'll to see that? Awesome. Cheers, mate. you listen to the lovefly podcast and if you want to find out about more that we do please go to our website lovefly.co.uk and you'll see a list of other options available to you should you need them thanks for listening